In the holy name of Jesus, amen. If you break one of the commandments, you break them all. For the commandments are all rooted in the fear, love, and trust in God above all things. You covet because you don't fear, love, and trust in God above all things, which is the same reason why people murder people, because they're not actually uh, worried about what God thinks about what they're doing. Uh, do you think about these things when you are uh, willfully sinning? These things all have the same root. And you are not creative enough to come up with new reasons to sin. And the Ten Commandments, as condemning as they may be for you as a sinner, they're not only condemning. It's not like they're just given to us to, to make us feel bad and try to ruin our fun. Because we were going to have so much fun stealing and murdering and committing adultery anyways, right? No. The Ten Commandments are also uh, really practical and relevant to your life. And if you keep them, if you even like try to keep them, your life will be better and you will be better off for it. So this is not really a salvation issue. Uh, for there is more forgiveness for you than you can sin. You cannot sin your way out of salvation. Okay? Because Jesus Christ has died for you for the forgiveness of every last one of your sins, even the ones that you didn't know you really had. Because you have been baptized, you have been called into the one people of God. As Israel was baptized in the Red Sea, in the Jordan River, you were there walking through with them. And they are here with you now, singing and hearing the good news of your Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord did not give the Ten Commandments as a burden. They're not even called commandments in the Bible. They're called the words. They're not a burden. They're a gift. A gift for God's people. A law that is written down so that we would love God and love one another. When? Well, when they'd been taken out of slavery, fed in the wilderness, and then brought into a land filled with homes that they did not build and they are given everything. And so when they're given everything, well, how should they treat one another? How should they uh, remember their God? That's what they are. These things are good. It sounds crazy, but I become convinced of the goodness of the Ten Commandments more and more every single day. Because if you pursue your own pleasure based on what you want to do uh, based on what you think is right if you just live your truth you are not going to be happy and the people around you will not be happy either the things that you want will destroy you if you only work you will work yourself to death the breaking of the commandments which is what we call sin all sin has physical 
bodily consequences. You can go ahead and do your own thing, but you will be sick and you will be miserable. It won't be fun. So this is all to say that the Lord's words are a gift for us and that you really don't know what's best for you, but the Lord does. That's good. So I would be interested to know if Jesus ever uh, declined a dinner invitation. And if he did, maybe it was because someone else had already invited him. Everyone always talks about how Jesus eats with the sinners, with the tax collectors and the prostitutes. Which is true. But Jesus also seems to be open to eating with anyone. Jesus even goes to eat with the Pharisees even though they wanted to kill him. Even though they're just going to find reasons with, for, to get rid of him. The Pharisees hate Jesus and he still goes and has dinner with them. Jesus even eats with Judas. Jesus loves all of his enemies, every single last one of them. And he comes to eat with you, too, because he loves you. Now, you all know that I am fascinated by the third commandment. You shall have no other gods, and you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, and remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. It's wonderful. The Lord actually has to uh, command you not to forget to rest. This just seems so evident, doesn't it? But no, you would work all the time. Don't forget to rest. Now, you all know, too, because you're all really smart people who are here on a Sunday. You know, uh, you know, the Sabbath day is actually Saturday, right? Um, and, and it's not even like really Saturday as we think of it, but it's Saturday, Friday, uh Sunset on Friday to sunset on, on Saturday. That's the actual Sabbath day. The Jews do a very good job of protecting the day of rest to the point where they think you shouldn't be doing things like healing someone who has dropsy on the Sabbath day because that, we all know, is work and we cannot do work on this one day. And so it seems like we are very good at turning the Lord's great gift of Sabbath rest into um, burdens. We do this with all of his gifts. Remember Adam. The Lord comes to him and says, like, hey, what are you doing eating the, that tree? This woman that you gave me, how dare you? How often does coming into church turn into a burden for you? How did that happen? The Lord has given this place to you for you to hear and to receive the good news. But have you turned it into something else? Now, we Lutherans don't have this language, but our beloved cousins in the Roman Catholic Church have this wonderful terminology called the Holy Days of Obligation. And if you grew up Catholic or around a lot of Catholics, you've heard these words before. And uh, it's like, you're just obligated to go. Obligated. 
Uh, it doesn't sound fun to me. They used to have 36 holy days of obligation. Well, that's a lot. That's, that's I mean, I don't know. It's, it's like 10% of the whole year. Maybe there's something to that, actually. But in 1911, they reduced the number to eight. They went from 36 to eight. I don't know how holy a day could have been if you can just, like, change it and make it a not holy day now where you don't have to go to church. But isn't that nice? But here's the secret, guys, is that the day of rest, the day of rest is not Saturday. Much to our Seventh-day Adventist friends' uh, dismay, I guess. But the day of rest is also not Sunday. Sunday is the Lord's Day, though. Christians called it that right off the bat. Sunday is the Lord's Day because he has claimed it as his own when he rose from the dead on this very morning, which is why we worship this very morning on Sunday mornings, so that you would remember every single week of your life that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. And there was one Sunday morning when the sun was rising that he walked out of a tomb. Now, here's the deal. You can worship any day of the week you please because every day is a day of rest. Every day is a Sabbath. Every day is a day when you can hear the word of the Lord. Every day is a day when Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. And risen from the dead, he has given this world back to you as an eternal Sabbath. And you will only find your true rest and Sabbath in the life-giving words of the Lord into which you are baptized and which you eat and drink in the life-giving word of the Lord. That word which you live your whole life in. And this is why rest out in the world is so fleeting. Because we look for rest everywhere else but in the word. So eat the bread of life and you will never be hungry. Eat and drink the body and blood of Jesus Christ and you will live. Eat the bread and the fruit of despair that is found everywhere else. And you'll just die. And you won't be happy or satisfied. You'll be miserable and sick. The good news for you here right now is that you have come to the exact right place to find this bread of life. That's why this place exists. It is all we have to give here. And it is the only reason that the Lord has drawn you here to give you life. And he has. And so walk with all humility and gentleness, with patience and bear with one another in love. It's an interesting word there that Paul uses. Bearing with one another. Sometimes we are one another's burdens. We'll stick with it. Paul doesn't say, well, if they get to be too much, you should go find somewhere else. No. Stick with one another. It may be that I am a burden to you. It may be that you are a burden to me. Oh, well. 
How blessed are we that the Lord has called us here to one another. So, we ought to fear, love, and trust in God above all things, altogether. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.